You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is The Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. I read this book once. It was like, don't sweat the small stuff. It was something about like yeah, that's old making your life easier. And it says, do not travel with liquid. Like, don't drink stuff in your car because you spill it. And I was like, I don't like that advice. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to it. But every time my car stops and my coffee tips over and it fills up the cup holder container, I'm like, I should have listened to that. <laughs> Lady, I love said. it so much. I feel like you have to be a little free to walk around with a coffee cup with no lid. I saw somebody at the Fall Fest the other day carrying her cup of coffee around, pushing a stroller. Just like you guys. That's skills. This is the reason I have this. Chris bought this for me because I, I make him frustrated. Because I put all of my hot stuff in just a mug without a lid, and then I drive. And it spills every time. All over the floor, all over the car. Wherever we go, it spills. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it spilled again. That's why we shouldn't. I carry guess I'll try it. again tomorrow. I and then like, you should keep that. carrying it. I think it says something about your personality. <laughs> and you should keep carrying it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've trained Jacob to do that. He said, because I'd always get in my car with my mug and I'd set it down and I'd start the car. And then I would pick it up and I'd drive one handed. And Jacob's yeah. like, I do that now. It reminds me of you, Mom. I somehow spill cups with lids all over, they just explode. Like there's little bombs in my cups. This is Jonathan coffee every morning. That's so nice. Yeah. It looks like a smoothie. No, it's just coffee with oat milk. I was going to bring you one, but Dave P. almost vomited when he found out there was oat milk in it. So (laughs) I didn't want to make anybody vomit this morning. I enjoy oat milk, but. I don't think you can call that milk. (laughs) I milk my oats on the reg. (laughs) I'm like, almond milk. I'm like, I don't think that's milk. From the breasts of almonds, you know? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) From the teats. (laughs) Oat sludge. Oh. Oh. Oat juice. (laughs) Milk, that's strong. That's a strong word. It's true. Are you allergic to dairy? Kind of. Is your whole family migrated out here? No, I still have a brother in Colorado. But how many moved? Just my mom. Daddy Milk Duds? That's what he says now. He says, don't call me Amos. Call me Daddy Milk Duds. (laughs) Amos said that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. Are you ready? Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Eliza Bot. It's Cater Tot. And we are here. (laughs) We are here with a fan request today. Mrs. Megan Perkins. Oh, I'm here against my will. You can thank (laughs) Jaden Scheller for that. I know. She has been requesting you. If it wasn't for Jaden, I would not be here at all. Reminding me every week. When are you going to get Megan P on there? Chained to the chair. You need to find another Megan P. (laughs) So we are happy (laughs) that you're here with us today. And I can tell you are so happy to be here. I'm excited Uh, to be hanging out with you. I am not excited for my voice to be permanently out there in the world but she's joining us for coffee we all have she's got some coffee sludge over here with oat milk i do i do i'm not sure that oat makes milk but (laughs) (laughs) i like the sludge it makes sludge my coffee sludge 
Yeah. And I've got black coffee. Oh, not me. <laughs> cream and sugar. Lots and lots of cream and sugar for Miss Cater Todd. You're like a real woman. I know. <laughs> so impressive. <laughs> it's like Michael Scott, The Office, where he just drinks cream and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I used to put a lot of cream and sugar in it, and I thought, this cannot be good for me. So I started out cutting out cream because I thought, I'll cut the calories. And then one day I ran out of sugar. I had no sugar at my house, and I'm like, I'm not going to the store. So I just started drinking it black. There you go. So it's been years and years. It's a lot less hassle to drink black coffee. But anyhow, we're glad you're here with us today. (laughs) We've waited a long time. Megan was born in Aurora, Colorado, and then she moved to Littleton, Colorado, when she was in seventh grade. She began attending the Art Institute of Colorado, majoring in interior design until 2007. She came to visit her sister in Columbian, Ohio, and met a smoking hot dude. Wait, (laughs) let me phrase that. These are her words, not mine. Megan says she met a smoking hot dude. In Columbiana. She immediately relocated. (laughs) Pretty dang quick, yeah. And started attending the Art Institute of Pittsburgh until that became too expensive. Got pricey. She ended up with a Bachelor's of Science degree in psychology. Can analyze us today. Oof. She's had several different jobs in She's her like, life. She's like, that is exhausting. <laughs> I have I been will. for years, Beth. not. <laughs> She's been a nanny, a Sears portrait studio photographer. Yes. Oh my gosh, Sears. Is that even, that's not even open anymore, is it? So she's a photographer. She's a face painter, a surgery schedule. She's a baker, a barista. She's worked for the government. And right now, her favorite job of all time is being a mom. Oh, jeez. She added that in. (laughs) I do love it. Also, the hardest job I've ever had. Worse than the government? Listen, I just got paid to sit there. So, (laughs) It might have been dirty, but this is also... Megan's been married to Jonathan for 13 years. They have three children, Solomon, who's 10, Daddy Milk Duds, a.k.a. Amos, who's 8, and Eve, who is 6 years old. She used to have hobbies. She's a stay-at-home mom who does a lot of work. She spends a lot of her time running around, doing errands, driving children around, and creating chaos. But she really enjoys architecture design, video games. Ooh, what kind of games do you play? Oh my gosh, the silly ones. I love Zelda. I have a new Switch for myself. I can't even download it because I know I will just zone out. Do you lock it up so the kids can't get in? (laughs) It's my Switch, so they have to ask permission. It's like the one thing in the house that I will not budge on. Touch this and die. I do love Zelda. I'm playing Luigi's Mansion right now. I've heard that's really good. It's so good. I have to Google a lot how to pass levels, but like it's still entertaining for me. <laughs> I love that. She loves cooking, cars, and Jonathan's personal favorite, attempting to find the best blankets, hoodies, comfy pants, and ranch dressing that this world has to offer. <laughs> it's so true. It's a quest. Megan, <laughs> you should just make your own ranch with oat milk. Oh, goat milk. <laughs> oat sludge. Megan's been a part Sorry. of the upper room for the past... 14, 15, 16 years, she doesn't quite remember. Ish, yeah. 
And her special talent at the upper room is being our interior designer. All of the season changes, all of the decorations in the church are a result of Megan's beautiful eye for detail and design. And we're very appreciative of that. Very kind. Thank you. So welcome. Hey, thanks. Here. (laughs) New fear unlocked. We're here. (laughs) That's so good, though. Yeah, you got a new level today. Next level. So we'll treat it like a little Luigi's Mansion. We're going up to the next level. Let's get a little vulnerable. Megan's feared haunted mansion. Mansion. What, it, what is the next one? The next fear? Yeah, like what's our next level? Top level is dead fish for sure. Yeah. <laughs> or below that is live fish. In real life? Yeah. Yeah. No fish. No fish. Interesting. It's my biggest fear in life. <laughs> so this is not so bad because we do not have fish here in the podcast studio. Or do we? So Megan, tell us who or what turned your light on? Well, I feel like it took a while to get there. I started out going to church at a Science of the Mind church that was in Denver. I don't remember a whole lot about it. It was a little weird. My real dad was always into crystals and astrology and all kinds of things. Parents ended up splitting up when I was nine. So, like, this was a crystal church? Oh, yeah, it's a crystal church. I mean, it was super cool toys when you were little because you spin them, but you didn't really know what you were doing. I don't remember a whole lot. I wish I remembered more because it's probably so wild, and I have no memory of it, but... Was there any connection to God at all? We or said was it the just... Lord's Prayer like at every, at the end of every sermon, yeah. So it was like crystals and astrology and then the Lord's Prayer at the end? Yes. Oh, the is... church building itself was in a movie, I believe. It looks like something out of alien movie, lots okay. of domes. We used to try to climb the domes after church, so that was cool. So do you um, feel like you grew up with some view of God or like what God was? I just don't think I really even... I knew he was there, but I don't think I ever, like, acknowledged him as, like, a way of life. When your mom and dad, when they separated, Mm -hmm. did you stop going to that and just to church in general? So we started going to, I think we tried a Lutheran church for a while. With your mom? With my mom. Like I said, I have terrible memory of my childhood. But I do know that Jim came into our lives, I think, in 1997. He was my mom's high school sweetheart, and um, he started taking us to church. So Jim ended up marrying my mom. He was my stepdad. He ended up taking on his last name, which is how I have Dexter as my maiden name now. He's just a good, solid dude, but I feel like he did take us to church, and so my sister and my brother, we ended up attending youth group and it was great but that church ended up splitting up due to the pastor's wife having an affair and him getting a divorce so the church kind of disbanded and we didn't have a church home anymore i feel like at that point in life i got really mad at god i got mad at him for the real dad that i had been given he's not a very nice man i had two addicts for sisters that couldn't stay clean and i was mad at him for that Just lots of, I feel like, trauma. Columbine had happened. That was super traumatic. It was horrible to watch. Were you in high school when that happened? I was in high school. I only bring it up because, like, this is the season where I was really mad. And I just, I wouldn't say I didn't believe in him. I was just pissed. I was so mad. My boyfriend went to Columbine at the time. I actually had a dream the night before of him, like, being in the cafeteria throwing up tables 
And I couldn't tell what was coming at him, but I just remember, like, he looked scared. And so I called him the morning before school, and I told him that I had a really bad feeling and he shouldn't go to school. But he went, obviously. But I feel like it was just, like, horrific to watch. He was okay. He's good. He's a good guy. But, yeah, I feel like as a kid, that's, I mean, that was probably one of the first of its kind. You know, the Columbine shootings. Oh, it was April 20th, 1999. Oh, you know. So in 1999, we had one of our very first school shootings in America, and that was in Columbine. I think they named that area Columbine, but it was Littleton, Colorado at the time. But I feel like I watched, we were all in our rooms, we were on lockdown, but they had like the TV monitors on so you could see, and then you could look out the window and see the helicopters swarming the school from my school, and then attending a couple of the kids' funerals. It's horrific to watch, and I was super mad. I just was mad at God for a very long time for different things that had happened. After that happened, that boy and I ended up breaking up. So I dated two guys. They were abusive and horrible, and they were essentially my dad, (laughs) my real dad. I don't know. I feel like over that, I just grew this really, really hard shell. Lots of inner vows created, probably. Really, really hard stuff. Eventually, both those boys ended up going away. Thank you, Jesus. And, you know, I met Jonathan, who is a nice man. And I feel like to come full circle on that, it's just like, I feel like Jim, the stepdad, I feel like he did save me. He taught me about Jesus. We went to that good church. And then he also saved me in the sense of he showed me what it was to be a godly man and a good husband. And even though I had veered and found men that were like my dad, I could still have him, and he was safe, and he was good. And then I ended up meeting Jonathan and being here, and I met all of you lovely people. And I feel like you guys saved me, too. I don't think people understand what this town has. I still go home to Colorado, and just people are different here. They're special here. They're so anointed here. And I feel truly, truly blessed to be here. So while I don't have, like, a super great testimony yet, I feel like... I'm in the right place to have one. Can you tell us at the point where you were able to let go of your anger with God and how that relationship changed? I think it was like when I first moved out here. It was just like an eye-awakening moment where I was like, you have nothing to be mad about. He gave you the most incredible stepdad. He brought this man into your life that like essentially saved you from a life full of abuse, drugs, all the things. And he gave me Jonathan. I just feel like he gave me a way out. And it was like, I have no reason to be mad at him. He's given me more than I deserve. So. Was that just a point in time where you just started pondering it? You know, a lot of times, even if you grew up in the church and you're in that stretch where you're in college and, you know, a lot of us aren't in church, even though we still love God. But in that season, were you connected to a community that was following God? Or did you just, was this kind of just your thoughts and your conversations you were having with him by yourself where you could let go of your anger and realize that he was protecting you all along? I feel like Shine really helped. Just hearing different people's stories and different people's struggles. We've had a lot of people come and go from Shine, but there's been some core people that have been there the whole time. And it's just like, I have so enjoyed being around them and in their presence, just like the struggles that they've gone through. And I just am like, hey, like you don't have, (laughs) I feel like I have no reason to complain. 
or be angry because these people have been through hell and back and they're walking around with a smile on their face. Shine is always the hardest place to go every month. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what a shine <laughs> for those of you who don't know what a shine group shine is a ministry that I started what 16 years ago it's small groups the purpose of shine is being in a small group walking through the journey of life with women that are encouraging you edifying you kicking you in the butt sometimes when you need it Kate started a shine group are you on 10 years now? Oh, we're past 10 years. I think we're on 12, 11. Yeah, time flies. But Megan has time been flies. in Kate's Shine group since the beginning. Yes. No, it is. I feel like every month, it's always the worst day. It's the worst day of the month. And it's like, I don't want to go do this. And you go, and it's great. And you're like, man, I love these people, and they inspire me, and they're just like the most incredible women. We got two new girls that I am just like in awe of and so excited to get to know. And it's just been the biggest blessing in my life, I think. Let's unpack that a little bit. (laughs) It's the biggest blessing and it's the hardest day of the month. Like, (laughs) I was like, you're parenting. I love it, but I do not want to do it. The degree in psychology, Megan. Unpack that for us. I feel like you cheated. I don't really know how I have a degree in psychology. I question that daily. I just feel like you're surrounded by Kate's and Megan Osborne, and these are two of the most wise and intelligent people. They both have stories, and a lot of times it's shame walking in the door for sure. It's hard to be in the presence, but I also feel very, very thankful that they've allowed me to be there with them. I would just say yes and amen to that about Shine. Like, it's the most difficult thing, and it's the best thing. And yes, we say, oh, you know, if you want to get involved in a Shine group, because we're there to, you know, to give each other community and to encourage each other, and you walk alongside each other, you know, it sounds really nice and happy but life is really hard sometimes and we walk through difficulties and I just think yes it's the best thing because it's what God created to partially create fulfillment in us like it fulfills us relationship fulfills us community it brings purpose so it's it's amazing and it's wonderful but like you can't go in there and stay hidden and you can't go you can't stay in there I mean even long term like you just can't do it forever and continue to be willing to hide or not be honest if you're doing shine correctly it doesn't work that way and I think that's the difference of being in a long-term group you know, you can be, you can sign up for a Bible study or you can join a fellowship group that meets for a session or a season and hide. It's easy to hide in eight weeks or 10 weeks or even a year. But, you know, when you are in these relationships for 12, 16 years, you do go through a lot of life. A lot. Well, talk to us about how being willing to be vulnerable with a group of believers that care about you has changed your perspective about walking this walk and living the Christian life. You have these women, and I go in, and I feel like I'm nowhere near the level of amazing. I feel like the underdog in my shine group. I don't know how I've gone this long without not being kicked out. (laughs) (laughs) I 
feel like Megan O especially, I will question myself. I will question my place in that group. And I feel like, you know, Megan Osborne doesn't need me. I have nothing to give her. But she says the most beautiful things, and she always has the perfect timing. And even Kate or Hope tell me that it's okay to be there, and that I do serve a purpose, even though I'm in this weird phase of life where I'm not sure what that is right now. I feel like just having that and that reassurance that I may not be where they're at because of different reasons. You're right there. Well, all right. You are. I feel like for a lot of years, I was just very intimidated. And now I'm looking at it. I'm trying to look at it that I do sort of a purpose. I just need to figure out what that purpose is that God has for me. But in the midst of it, like, it's all purpose. Raising your kids, purpose. Married to Jonathan, purpose. Making a Justin Bieber, purpose. purpose. <laughs> Anything else before we move on to the next question? Megan, tell us what lights you up. Oh, well, <laughs> my kiddos, they make me laugh. Daddy Milk Duds, yeah. you know, it's Amos's new name he wants to be called, so that's good. I was going to say, I feel like I've been in a dark season for the last couple of years, given a lot of situations and a lot of people, way too much power over my life. I shouldn't have. I lost a lot of time and joy in doing that. I feel like with COVID, and Jonathan was in the hospital in and out for a couple times during that time, I feel like it was a dark period of time, 2019 to here. So I feel like it's been really, really, really hard to find the joy in things. And I've been really angry and just kind of letting anxiety and depression consume me, giving things that don't deserve power, power over me. And you've experienced a lot of loss during this season. Yeah. And, you know, Jonathan was sick. You've had some sickness. You lost your sister. You lost your stepdad. Yeah. A lot of loss that I think I didn't necessarily process or deal with. My other sister is still alive, but I'm not sure what she's up to. So I feel like, yeah, it's just kind of a constant reminder of loss. And I feel like even as a kid, one thing that I've realized about myself, I have um, abandonment issues. I think subconsciously, like my real dad didn't want me, which that's fine and good at this point in life. But I've realized I operate a lot out of fear of people not liking me or being left behind. So I guess throughout these last couple dark years, I have started to turn inward and realize that there's a lot of generational crap inside of me. There's a lot of inner vows. There's a lot of trauma and abuse and stuff that I've just never dealt with. And there's so much shame. Like I regret 97% of the words that come out of my mouth. (laughs) I think I'm in this season now to where I'm purging and trying to get rid of all the crap that is not giving me nourishment, find the stuff that God wants me to be and honor that. And how about that song that we sing at church, Clearing Out the Clutter? Mm -hmm. That's really interesting that you've come to this point where you've recognized a lot of times People don't even know that they have trauma or that they've got all this baggage and they just trudge through. But you're at the stage of life where you've recognized it. You're seeing, oh, there were effects from my childhood that have brought on trauma. And I have made inner vows that I need to break. And I do need to be aware that I'm projecting 
people's rejection because of my abandonment issues. And that's such a great place to be at, even when you're in the midst of the story, because recognizing it and God bringing that to your attention to say, hey, this stuff's not working for you. And then that song that we sing, you know, make space for the Holy Spirit and clear out this clutter. We just sang that this past week. That's an amazing place to be at, even if you feel like you haven't gotten to the other side. It's exciting. I really appreciate you being vulnerable with us and sharing like, this is where I am right now. And this is what I've recognized about myself. And the hope in that is that God wants to take your clutter. He wants you to be free and he wants you to walk in freedom from all of this. So in the midst of all this, what's the joy that you're finding when you don't give your power away? You know what? Every day my husband makes me a coffee, even if he's mad at me. I think (laughs) there's been like two days out of the last two years that he hasn't made me coffee. And I was like, whoa, he's big mad today. But I appreciate Jonathan David more than I could ever express. I know he comes off rough. But man, that man is so full of wisdom and love. I'm just in awe of it. He makes things a lot easier on me. And I don't think that I would be where I am seeing things the way I am if it wasn't for him calling me out on my crap. Bud, please don't use this against me the next time we fight. My kiddos bring me joy. They make me laugh. Eve makes me cry more than laugh, but (laughs) tells me I look like a dead clown. It's like, you're so mean. (laughs) (laughs) I really love to laugh. I feel like I crave laughter. And when I get it, It's so much fun for me. I feel like laughter in adulthood is hard to find. I don't know. And maybe it's just me. I think they've done studies on this and they say children laugh 400 times a day. Don't fact check me, but it's a big number. Yeah. And adults is like four. Yeah. And it's kind of like (laughs) fake laugh. I do. I crave the belly laugh. What kind of things make you belly laugh? Oh my gosh, we went and dropped off cake to Brian and Hope last night, and those two are like my favorites. They make me laugh so hard. I feel like they live in this like alternative reality. Like they meet the craziest people and have the craziest stories. Just people make me laugh. Back in the good old days, Adam Sandler and Chris Farley, Saturday Night Live was like, mm. So good, but I crave laughter. I love laughter. I've also started walking every day. I feel like that has complete, like I was at a point, I would say probably a month or two ago where I was like, I think I need some help. (laughs) I'm not getting out of this funk. A kiddo, it's mom that we kind of run the same life. So we're always with each other, invited me to go for a walk. And I went on a walk with her and I got done. And I was like, gosh, darn it, that felt so good. Like I felt clear. And so I made this goal for myself to walk a mile a day. And I feel like my whole mindset has changed. And I feel like I'm in a better mood. I'm laughing more. That's awesome. So talk to us about this season. That's been painful, but you're starting to see the light. How are you letting your light shine? You know, I, I don't know. Even this podcast, my reluctancy to doing this was, I'm in this crappy season, Beth, and like, I don't want my voice recorded because (laughs) this is awful and people are going to think I'm a lunatic. And hello, all you that think I'm a lunatic. Can I just say this, though? And we talked about this when Mel was on, about hearing people's stories in the middle. When you just wait till the end and everything is good, 
people are like, oh, well, that's nice. But when you hear people's stories, when they're in the middle of it, in the hard, thick of things, I think it takes a lot of bravery. And I think that's where the real work gets done because it's all easy for us to look back on our lives and say, oh, we got through that. And yeah, that was hard. But when you're in the middle of it and you're sharing what it looks like to be in the middle of it, I think that's where growth comes from. That's really where the story is. It's not at the end. There will be an end. You know, I mean, we have hope in Jesus that he will work all things out for good. But sometimes it's good to hear from people in the middle of it because there are so many of us who are like, I don't have it all together. I haven't gotten to my end where everything feels good right now. And life is hard, but there's still hope. Yeah. We'll do like a redo. Yeah, we'll have you on next year and say. Well, I mean, Beth. (laughs) We've got like a 10-year agreement. You get things out of me once every 10 years. <laughs> once a decade. That's what that was. I thought it was signed. once a year. How long ago was the conference that I shook the entire <laughs> yesterday? That was a while ago. 2018? 2017? It was our first conference. Megan was a workshop hostess. I still wake up with it. And that was awesome. I love that session. I think I still have your paper. Still have night sweats. Not my favorite thing ever. It's done. God honors you when you say yes. Wow. That's <laughs> true. It's good. Oh. So Jonathan has a very, very giving heart. I feel like we love to help people. We love to surprise people. We like to make people smile. And just if we can provide any comfort or an ear or anything like that, I feel like. And that's... <laughs> This is the way I'm letting my light shine. It's and, one of the ways. Yeah. I think it's it's one of the ways. Sometimes it's easier for other people to speak that into you. Well, I think that some of the things that she does, she doesn't consider as light shining. But I mean, every Sunday when people come into the church and they get to see a beautiful space, a well-designed area, that's a gift that we get from Megan every Sunday. You know what I mean? Like the time and effort that she puts into how the sanctuary is pulled together throughout the seasons, that is meaningful and it's a gift. And I think that sometimes we can just overlook stuff like that very quickly. That's a gift that we get in Megan and that's a way that she lets her light shine. Like even in the Old Testament, the very first person that is recorded as being filled with the spirit by God is a craftsman. You know, it's not a prophet. It's not someone coming out to like lead a people. It's a person who has a gift to make something beautiful. That's what we get in Megan. So I think that's a huge way that she gets to let her light shine. I mean, just to us who get to experience it, you know, she does that in other spaces too. Like she makes places beautiful. Between her and Jonathan, they make places beautiful by being present. They do. They give and they love really well and... But also just the gift of making beautiful space. That's hey, another thanks. way. Oh, I know you have lots of these. We're back to the supernatural experiences. Okay. So talk to me about any supernatural experiences you've had. Tell me a story. Knowing you, a lot of experiences that you have had in childhood and growing up have been supernatural. Like even when you mentioned that dream that you had about your boyfriend throwing up tables and feeling really uncomfortable with him being at school the next day. I feel like God speaks to you even in times like when you weren't even necessarily following him that like there were things that were going on inside of you spiritually even back then. Oh, are we going to talk about poop today? Are we? I don't know. This might be like the grossest podcast you've done. 
Are we talking about a physical poop? We're talking about big poops. Oh, okay. So I feel like I've had two or three dreams now where I'm eating feces. Oh, listen, I feel like you two need to get together and talk about poop dreams. You have poop dreams too? Girl. Yes. You have to share some other ones too. (laughs) In case this gets too crazy and I can't put this on. Other ones? Okay, so you want me to pause? No, I want to hear talking. So, yeah, I keep having these dreams where I'm eating poop. And it like messes up weeks of my life because I wake up and all I think about is me eating poop. And then I'm just nauseous for the whole day. But... Kate's done some research for me. We've talked talked to some people and it's basically like just ingesting all the crap. Like you have all this crap, right? And you just keep feeding it to yourself. How am I ever going to be who God wants to be if I keep eating all the trash? I don't know. I feel like something that we talk about at Shine a lot and things that we've studied even, you know, outside of Shine and group and groups and relationships is that there is power in our dreams. God speaks through dreams. We see that scripturally and in our dream lives. Yes, we can be processing things in our dreams. That happens often. Yes, we can have pizza dreams of the really weird stuff. Yes, that's a thing too. But yes, God also speaks to us in our dreams. You know, we need to pay attention to what's happening in, in our dream life. And I feel like throughout my life, God has given me a couple of dreams that have changed my life. You know, God has given me a couple of dreams about things in the real living world that were answered prayers, or there was one dream that actually ended up paying off my student loans. So keep talking, but I'm just going back to if people are listening and they're like, why are we talking about this? Because God speaks through dreams. And I think that's been something that's really hard for me being in this community because I think I keep waiting to hear this like audible voice and even on these walks I'm like all right I'll be quiet I'll try to stop my mind I'm ready and nothing happens but I'm like maybe this isn't how I hear him maybe I hear him through dreams or things just kind of working themselves out so these poop dreams as horrific as they are it's very symbolic of like everything that's happening right now to where I see these faults I have in myself. I see these like generational curses that I do not want my children to have. But it's what you know, right? Jewel did a podcast on Joe Rogan and it's the most incredible thing, I think. Like just her thoughts on life are so simple and easy, easily understood. But one of the stories she tells is how she had this, Tilly was raised in Alaska and she had chickens but she also had a bunny but the bunny couldn't live outside so the bunny went in with the chickens and the bunny then started to act like the chickens and help raise all the baby chicks so like we're a product of where we're raised we don't know any different right i didn't know any different and everything i was doing was normal because that's how we were raised and i didn't see it any differently it took coming into like a healthier situation which is the perkins you know to see that like hey, it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to apologize. Those don't make you a weak person. Those actually make you a better person. And these are things I'm still learning, you know, that I'm terrible at. Um, (laughs) But the poop is what I know and it's familiar. So I just keep eating it even though it is causing (laughs) extreme damage and I'm poisoning myself. It's just training myself to eat. I think God just wants me to find those things that are nourishing and good and happy. Well, you bring up a great point because I think it's so important for us who, not that anybody has their whole act together or no no one has a perfect life, but for those of us who are trying to live healthy lives and 
follow God's plan for our lives. I think it's really important that we invite people into our lives that may not have had that experience so that they can see, oh, this is what healthy relationships look like. This is what a healthy marriage looks like. Oh, look, this is how you can parent without damaging with your words. And it's a, it all it always comes back to community. We need to have community around us because it makes us better. It allows people that haven't had a good example or haven't been shown the way God's principles and promises are. It lets them see something and hope for something different and say, oh, maybe the way I was raised isn't normal or isn't good for me. And there is another way. And I can parent my kids different. I can be in a marriage differently than what was shown to me as a kid. So I think that's really important. And we're so happy you're in our community. Oh, thanks. And you add value to us and we add value to you. And that's the beauty of being in community. So I think Jonathan talked about his supernatural experience, which I listen to his podcast regularly, especially when I'm mad at him. Jonathan mentioned on his podcast the supernatural experience he had um, while we were broken up. He said that God came to him and explained our whole relationship. But I had just listened to his podcast yesterday again. I thought it was so interesting because the other dream that is like most memorable to me is I kept dreaming while we were broken up. I kept dreaming of Jonathan, but the last dream that I had was Jonathan proposing. And I woke up in tears, just like praying that God would either take him away from my mind or bring him back. And so like Jonathan's having this supernatural experience in his bedroom, and I'm dreaming that he's proposing, and I'm waking up in tears asking God to take him away or bring him back. And like that night he proposed, which is super cool. That's one way. And then I feel like the last one we were at a freedom conference a few years, well, quite a few years ago, I guess at this point, yeah. we had with the boys basically just decided we were going to get pregnant. And two days later, we were pregnant. It was not a hard task with the boys, but we decided that we wanted one more kid. And we tried, I think, for a year and a half to get pregnant with Eve, and it just was not happening. We went to this freedom conference, and I got a prophetic word that said that we would become pregnant with a little girl, and she was there. I remember going in for the ultrasound to determine gender, and Jonathan just saying, don't need it. It's a girl. Sure enough. So here she is, and... You got clown face Eve. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you're ready to be destroyed. (laughs) I love that one too. Like That's so good. It's really interesting to me that you grew up in the occult, really, mm-hmm. which is just a counterfeit of God's supernatural. You experienced this at a young age, but God is using it for his glory and showing you the real thing, not the counterfeit thing. And I think that you have a gift of discernment and a gift of propheticness, and you should pay attention to it and steward it because not a lot of people have that. Thank you. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Megan, thanks for coming on our show and being vulnerable. We love you in the middle (laughs) of your mess. We love you. You're a beautiful person and a beautiful soul. And thanks for making our church beautiful and being a part of us. Thanks, guys. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye. Bye.